Hi, I'm Patrick. Hi, I'm Emma. And we're like heaps cultured and love to watch movies. But we haven't seen the ones we should have. So we've parked ourselves on this double bed. And we're going to fill in the blanks by watching movies two at a time. And then we're going to have a chat about it for your benefit on this little podcast that we've called... Double Bed? Double Bill. But, um, yeah, so I've been sleeping pretty badly. Like, well, how about it's you? The, it's the moon, isn't it? The moon, yes. You're all about the moon. Yeah. I'm sleeping okay. I'm up to Barbara Stanwyck's trivia at the moment on IMDb. Barbara Stanwyck? I've never even heard of her. Who's You've she? never heard of Barbara Stanwyck? No. Just this cool old bird. Barbara. Barbara. She, I'm up to her trivia at the moment, so yeah. that's getting me, putting me to bed. I did Jack, I finished Jack Lemon last night. I don't know who these people are. I'm glad I've got you here. Seriously, Patrick, they're classic people. He has been nominated for like more Oscars. It was him and then I think Jack Nicholson and then Meryl Streep that like hold the record for most... Patrick. So I finished his trivia last night to get me to bed and then to... No, the night before and then last night I was up to Barbara Stanwyck. I think I'll finish her. You're hitting your little IMDb trivia to put you to sleep game pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, as always. I need it. Yeah. I don't know how other people go to bed. I don't know how people put their phone down like... In the lounge room on charge or something, and then oh, going to the Oh, yeah, like my parents. So it's a parent thing. Yeah. My grandma. I think that's healthy. I think that's what you meant to. That's what you meant to do. do. Yeah. yeah. But I don't we have grafted to me. I'm on TikTok till like 3 a.m. Oops. Until those messages come up. Until the messages come up that are like, here's some ways you might like to go to bed. So the guy like throwing his hat and like, <laughs> like gets into bed, throws his hat to like turn the light off. <laughs> He's doing tricks. Yeah. And all the comments are like, oh, TikTok, did you just tell me to turn your app off? Oh, you're a queen. I think I'm going to need to come to you for more people soon to look up. Yeah. I'll go through my bookcase again for thank you. Thank you. And tell me who. Yeah. That, like that time you gave me everyone who was in Clue. Every single person. <laughs> yeah. And look, all the more knowledgeable for No, it. that was good because Tim Curry did take me a couple nights to yeah, get through. Good. That was oh. good. Tim Curry takes me a few nights to get through <laughs> and then burns on the way out. <laughs> Hi, GGs. Welcome to another week of Double Bed, Double Bella. Pew, 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 pew. It is Halloween tomorrow. So we yes. thought we'd do some spooky movies this week. Well, not too spooky. Just baby spooky. Which kind of easing in, you know. Yeah. Um, but look, maybe next week, maybe next week, even though Halloween will have passed us, we'll do some actual uh, scary movies. I don't know about that one. Haven't heard. This is new information to me. No. Okay, well, um, I'll get my people to talk to your people and send over some paperwork. Thank you. I think yeah. I might have the COVID next week and I'll get out of that. Don't worry, I'll get you to record remotely. Easy. <laughs> Wonders of technology, darling. <laughs> I'm broken next week. I don't know. Oh, okay. Sorry. We'll see. Sorry. Can't do it. Um, so this week we are looking at two films that aren't like horror films or thriller films. No. They kind of play with the tropes, but fall more into this kind of like spooky, campy humour kind of... Well, they're making fun of, of spooky films. It's a send-up, really, yeah, both yeah. of them. So one of the films is Death Becomes Her, and Patrick and I had never seen this film. Yep, never seen it before. The second one, we're breaking the rules here a little bit, yep. is Young Frankenstein, which we both have seen and loved. Yeah. But we haven't watched it in a while, so yep. we, we wanted a refresher. Quite a while for me. Yeah. 14 years. That's hilarious. Yeah. The thing with Young Frankenstein and my family is that my dad frequently, and he doesn't do this with many films, but he loves Mel Brooks, frequently, I think maybe once a month, yeah. he'll go, hey, let's all sit down and watch Young Frankenstein. We don't do it. Yeah. But he says it at least once a month, and he means it. Yeah. 
He loves it so much. Aww. Yeah. This is for you, Joe. This is for you, Joe. It really is. This is the inappropriate film that I watched. The one inappropriate film that I watched when I was young. Oh, that's yeah. funny because the most inappropriate film I watched when I was young was Scary Movie. Yes, you said that. Which is also a kind of a spooky movie. Yes, the girl with the boobs bouncing yeah. about. I never fit. I ne- like. It got to the point where the spooky man in the mask stabs her, and pulls out like a, like the joke is he pulls out like a, fake boob, like a chicken, like oh, a, a chicken fillet, an, an implant, no, like an implant, oh, like from her flesh, oh, and he's like, what the fuck? That's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but, you know. Whoa, 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 my brother was five, Emma, when we watched it. I would have been about. I mean, no one is naked in Young Frankenstein, but I would yeah. have been about five or six when I started watching it. Yeah, on the reg. It's. Do you know what? Very different. A girl running with boobies is yes. sexual. No. Things that go over your head. Like, I watched Grease all the time when I was yeah. five, six. Yeah. That went straight over my head. Yeah. So, there you go. So, let's start with our first movie this week, which is going to be Death Becomes Her. No, no, it's very difficult to determine time of death within a few hours. It's not really an exact science. Ernest. It's not an exact. Ernest! Ernest! You pushed me down the stairs. Stay away from me! You bet I will! Animal! Psycho! Don't come near me! Wife! Pusher! Don't come near me or follow me! Don't come near me or follow me or talk to me! I don't intend to. I just have to make a telephone call. I just have to make a telephone call. Look at yourself! Ernest! My ass! I can see my ass! Honey, I think I need a doctor. Death Becomes Her was made in 1992, directed by Robert Zemeckis, my baby, and written by Martin Donovan and David Cope. It stars Meryl Streep, Meryl, Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, and Isabella Rossellini. Pretty cool. I would like to pause and have a 10 second silence for the casting director of this film. And we're back, because we can't have a 10, minutes, <laughs> 10 second silence on a podcast. But seriously, who is this casting director? Oh, well, we can find out. A quick Google will tell you. Amazing, amazing. Well done, the casting yeah, on this film. Very, very good. Pretty impressive. So we both haven't seen this movie. No, neither of us have seen it. Uh, it came to me in a fever dream to watch it. I don't know where it came. We must have just come up incidentally. I think it did. Because I've, I've, kind of, I've been aware of it for a long time. Right. Um, you would have seen it, the, seen the Drag Race runway. That they yeah, did. but over my head, I forgot about yes. it. I only remember that after we'd watched the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because after seeing this film, we realised that this is considered a gay classic cult yeah. film. Oh, yeah. A lot of people like say that this movie kind of inspired them to do drag. Or, That's amazing. And there's often, you know, drag performances yeah. of the film. And, you know, that, yeah, it's like a, a really strong camp classic. And, and I will say that this culture. is one of the most... Maybe the word is creative. It's one of the most creative films I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It kind of breaks down its own rules. And, yeah. And the, I really also, one thing I like, I know I'm just jumping straight in, one thing I also really like is the pacing. The pacing yep. is really fast. <sighs> That's true. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. Zemeckis is like, cut, go on, seven years later. Yeah. It's, I really like it. <laughs> 
So what did you know about this film before we saw it? Um, I knew that it was Goldie and Meryl. Yeah. I didn't know it was Bruce. I just knew it was there was a man. Yeah. Because I've seen the cover photo before. So I've seen, I knew that like um, Meryl had her head backwards on her body mm. and that Goldie Horn had a big hole through the middle of her mm-hmm. at some point. Mm. And you knew that famous, you, you knew that scene with the yeah. hole in her. Yeah, how she gets the gunshot to the yes. big hole. Yeah, I knew that. So that's what I knew. Okay. Nothing else. I knew so little. All I knew was that Meryl Streep was in it. And that it was a comedy. And that was only because I had mentioned to my mum a couple of weeks ago that we were thinking of watching this film. And mum went, oh yeah, Meryl Streep in the comedy. And that's Meryl why Street I knew. But also, something weird happened. While we were watching it, I got a big bit of deja vu at the end in the scene where Bruce Willis is hanging from the, like, you know, oh, the from mansion the pipe. tower pipe. From the drain pipe. And they're watching him and they're like, what are you going to do, Ernest? Are you going to have, you know, that scene? I just had this, I never get deja vu. I was overcome with deja vu. And I feel like I've seen that scene, like, flicking through channels when I was a kid, but not at my house, when I, we were at, like, a family friend's house. Yeah, right. And that stuck with you it stuck with somewhere me. in the back of the brain. It stuck with me because that hanging moment, that, as a kid, that I would have seen that and gone, Ooh. oh, my God, what's going to happen? Ooh. That's so scary. Yeah. And that's all I know. That, but it's go. so weird for me. I never get deja vu. There you go. I know. It's bizarre. Channel 7 on a Saturday night in the early 2000s really did it for me. It was a time to be. Time to place, 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 place and time. Shut up. Time place. I don't know. I used to be able to talk. (laughs) Um, Well, let's somehow deconstruct the plot of this film. Oh, I can do it very quickly. I know. I know you can, but you always leave details out and then make shit up. But go for it and I'll fix you. For God's sake. All right. Brief and pl- then Darla oh, wanted to help them rebuild the clubhouse. No, we're not talking about Little Rascals ever again. That's done. That was weeks ago. Get over it. It was literally done. last week. We're anyway. done with it. Darla's dead. <laughs> I heard. I just found out. She's oh. dead. Murdered. Dead in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brief plot summary of Death Becomes Her. Go. Oh, Jesus. Um, They are... Meryl Streep yep. is a performer. Yes. Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis are unfianced yes. and they go to see her and... And Meryl is like a fading star. Fading star. Has been very popular and is now trying desperately to hold on to her yeah. career and her beauty and her, her fame. Uh, P.S. I don't well. know any of the characters' names for this film, so we're just calling him by yeah. the first name. Yeah, yeah. Bruce is obsessed with her and Goldie's like, you're going to leave her for me. Two seconds later, they're down the they're aisle. Right. Very clever. Good cut. Very good cut. Hilarious. Um, then... Time passes again to show Meryl and Bruce later in their marriage. They're miserable. Meryl is very upset with her appearance. She goes to Isabella Rossellini, who's like, hey, drink this spooky witch potion and you'll be fine. Meryl drinks it. She's young again. Bruce doesn't know this. Bruce pushes her down the stairs. And then what happens? You've missed out all the bits with Goldie. So Goldie gets heaps fat Mm, and has all the cats and is eating whipped cream, gets sent to a mental home because she's obsessed with Meryl. Yeah. Um, they get, she gets out, she looks young and beautiful again. Everyone's like, I can't believe she's 50 and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, they little, go to a little red herring there. Or not they red go herring, to a little teaser. book launch party yeah. and they see each other for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Bruce and Goldie, I guess, reunite. Cause yeah, now Goldie's hot. The flame they have reunites. a moment. Yeah, yeah. They have a moment. Goldie's hot again. Um, and then but Goldie happens? is like plotting. 
to off Meryl. Yes. And this is all part of the plan. Yes. And she goes to the house when she knows Meryl's not there. Yes. Good. You're convinces. Good. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I told you. I fill in the blanks. Okay. And then she goes, and then Bruce is. She convinces Bruce. But they had this well planned to like to properly poison yeah. Meryl and dispose of the body. Bruce couldn't help himself. Meryl was kind of talking off to him. Yeah. And Bruce pushes Meryl down the stairs yeah. and thinks he's killed her in that way. Yeah. But in the background, and it's such a good shot, Meryl slowly, because she's taken the potion. She's like a mess on the ground. Like yes. her limbs are all akimbo and her head's backwards. and whoa. It's so cool to look at. Yeah. Um, Meryl slowly comes to life. Bruce realises she's alive. There's a her head's backwards. Head's backwards. That's the There's head a backwards. hilarious moment where they go to hospital. I actually love that scene. And Sydney Pollock features. Sydney my, Pollock, that's my other, right. My other boo. Uncredited. Really? Yeah. Doesn't get a credit. Just a little funny cameo. Like spot him in your nose. He cameos in everything. Yeah. Um, I love him. He pops up. There's this great hospital scene. Anyway, basically, Goldie and Meryl are then now living forever. Bruce Willis makes the decision not to. Yeah. And he ends up... They want him to because he has like... He's, he's, oh, he was a plastic surgeon and now he's like an undertaker. Yes. And is well known for making dead bodies look alive again. Yeah. Because Meryl's fallen down the stairs and died. Yeah. She's still alive forever but now is a rotting corpse. Yeah. So he's like painting her and she's starting to peel off and mm. he's, she's like, oh, we need to keep him around. So they try and convince him to take the potion as well. He works it all out and goes, no... And Isabella Rossellini is like, well, you know the secrets now, so I have to kill you in it. Ah! Mm. But he gets away. Yeah. The com- the plot sounds really complicated, but it's actually yeah, not. it's not. And then somehow, oh yeah, Goldie and Meryl become friends again. Yeah. They, they nut it out, they talk it out, they forgive each other. And then they are like little witchy aunts who are like both, oh, they're both dead. Sorry, because Meryl shoots Goldie through the centre. Yeah. So they're both dead. Yeah. <laughs> Made this sound so complicated. And then anyway, skip ahead. Bruce Willis gets away. He has a whole, like this wonderful life where he has six children, a lovely wife, and is a doctor, and all you know this wonderful life. And they're they're like rotting up the back of the church, trying to spray paint themselves. It's very funny. Yeah. Jeez, that's the longest plot summary I've ever done. Yeah. Oof. So this film is funny because. It's not the kind of film I would expect Meryl to do. Yeah, no. This woman is constantly surprising us. Oh, yeah, no. She always kind of throws a throws a dice into the yes. lines. Oh, I don't know. I'm mixing metaphors Okay, here. go on. Um, I love that she was cast in this role. Also, she when she was cast herself, she thought that she was actually going to be up for Goldie Hawn's part, which is yeah. the less glamorous role. Mm. But no, they wanted her for this. She's a showgirl, basically. Yeah. Oh, that the way, song. The, the way the film opens. It is... I, I When we were watching it, I wrote down the note that it's my favourite opening to a film ever. <laughs> when it opened, we were like... Because oh, oh. neither of us knew anything about it or what was going to happen. And we were both looking at each other like, oh, we're going to love this. It was Meryl Streep on Broadway doing, doing this giant kind of like Marilyn-esque number but it's like S- Songbird, the musical, yes. which is a musical adaptation of Sweet, uh, Sweet Bird of Youth, Sweet Bird yes. of Youth, yeah, Tennessee yes. Williams play. Yes, and um, but it's like it's this like kind of classic like Broadway number that becomes a bigger chorus number that becomes this disgustingly disco number. It's amazing. It's horrific and wonderful. And the fact that it's Meryl Streep doing it. Yeah. I gag. 1978. When the movie opened, it was like New York City. 1978. We were like, yeah. 
West New York. <laughs> I could see the Chrysler building and I yeah. paused it and I was pointing to it. Yes. Anyway, the opening is amazing. Um, but Meryl's casting is really interesting. Afterwards, she exclaimed that it was her one and only time doing a film with so much CGI, which I yeah. thought was hilarious. Yeah. She's like, I'm not doing that again. No. I I read that she... She said, said it about, she, like, going to the dentist. Yes. She said. And she, I read that she actually, for that head-turning scene, not the, not the turning around scene, but the where she was... Oh, she gets hit in the head and her head goes backwards. All the way back. Yeah. She had to wear, a, like, a green screen hoodie yeah, blue on hood. her head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, could you imagine... And then they had girl? an animatronic Meryl Streep head on her back. That, <gasps> that was programmed to say the line. Oh, I didn't and know she, that. And she dubbed it. Yeah. That's amazing. It's a puppet. Oh... Only Meryl could do have done this film. Could you imagine how just arduous it would have been? Yeah. All these extra layers on set. I'm so glad she did it. I am so glad it was her. And so funny with the Meryl Streep. I mean, we haven't talked about Meryl on this podcast. No. I love Meryl. We all love Meryl. We all love Meryl. Um, how she... I mean, you know, it's what she's known for. It's why she's won all the bloody Oscars. Yeah. Just disappears into roles. Yeah. And we're like, it's Meryl. And Meryl being amazing. But at the same time, it's not like... Yes. F- next film, film to film... She's so different. Yeah. Like chameleonic. It's both her and not her all at the same time. Yeah. It's wonderful. Oh, she's so clever. I love that she did this role. I love she took this role on. I thought it was yeah. really funny. Yeah. I like when she does. Like, I would never have picked her for, like, um, Mamma Mia. I no, that's a good one. Unexpected. Would you have picked her for The Witch in Into the Woods? Yeah. And when they announced that casting, I was like, that's fucking perfect. See, I'm I wouldn't, so excited. I wouldn't have pictured her in that role either. I, I see it perfectly. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's so good. It's like she is was at that point where she was just taking opportunities yeah. to do cool stuff. The fact, like, working with Robert Zemeckis, working on a film that actually has really groundbreaking visual effects in it. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, alongside people like Goldie Hawn, Isabella Rossellini, Bruce yeah. Willis, and even Sidney Pollock. Like, they're really yeah. cool people to work that's with. That's the premise of the film as well. It's just, like, nuts. She said that's why she took it. Yeah. Because it was she was like, I'm never going to get a chance to do this again. No. I'm going to do it. One of my favourite things in the film were these it was it was a really lovely film to look at um yeah the, the not only the were the visual effects really cool and that's coming from someone who i've grown up seeing visual effects come into their own true it was still really cool to watch this happening yeah. you know these effects that were, were done in the 90s yeah, yeah. Mainly because also, I guess also because the funny thing is that it's actors that I know pretty well. Mm. I've never seen Meryl Streep look so deformed, though. Yeah. That was quite shocking. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. funny. Um, like when she was in a crumple at the bottom of the stairs, yeah. you were like gagged. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect the film to really go there and push those limits, yeah. but it really did. And that scene where Goldie Hawn gets shot through the middle and has that big hole in her. Yeah. And she stands up and it's like, and she's side on yeah and then she turns profile and you can see right through her with the camera it's really cool their reaction yeah it's that, really ne- that had never been done in cinema before everyone like was like wow dead over that yeah wow one of the things the more simpler things um that i really liked the technique i love this in a, you'll know this i love this in a lot of films when they use mirrors <gasps> yeah you so, kept being like the mirrors the yeah, mirrors <laughs> yeah so there's a scene and there's someone you know sitting down looking through a mirror and you can see then someone else in that same scene, in the same mirror. Yeah. I love that technique. Yeah. And it was especially clever in this film, the whole, you know, the fact that they're also vain. They're yeah. looking in mirrors every two There's seconds. There's mirrors, yeah. And then, you know, Meryl has surrounded herself with mirrors. Yes. The, didn't, didn't the film open with a shot in a mirror and we didn't know it was a mirror until it panned out? <gasps> yes! Yeah, or not open, but no, like... No, in her dressing room. Yeah, or in... Someone was in bed and someone came... Oh, it's when we cut forward and she's in bed 
and the maid comes in yes. with the breakfast. Yes. And only when you pan back, you go, oh, it's that's a mirror. The mirror. I thought she was coming in behind the bed. So clever. It's really, really clever. Yeah. That was one of my favourite things about the film was just how beautiful it was to yeah. look at. There was always something really interesting to look at, whether it was the visual effects or the shots. Yeah. There's this really kind of classic gay camp thing in cinema with staircases. Yes. It's a bit of a trope of kind of cult queer classics. Mm, it's a little mummy dearest, isn't it? Well, there's always a staircase. Yeah. And it's always a very dramatic thing. And, you know, like, you know, like, have you ever heard of the movie Rebecca? Yes. Yeah. The staircase that's like yes. haunted and like sets on fire. Like... We need to watch the new remake of that. <gasps> there's a new one. I saw that. Yes. You sent me the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> there's oh. a there's a musical of it in German. It's oh. never made it out of Germany, but it's still running. It's like the longest running thing in Europe. Really? Yeah. And the whole staircase sets on fire and everything. How weird. Camp. That is so. Cool. Um, but Meryl coming down the stairs in the musical and the steps light up when she yes. steps on them. Fucking camp. Her foot. The, just when he's like, she's about to fall down the stairs and she like, is like suspended in this kind of, oh, And the oh, shot is really oh. of the, her high heels yeah. balancing on the edge of the yeah. stair. The way it looks, it is impossible. Like yes. it's like, but it's beautiful of yeah. this kind of like, yeah. grab me and save me. But he gives her this tiny little push that sends her yeah. down the stairs. Actually, that falling down the stairs is really horrific to yeah. look at. That's what I mean by her it neck, breaks It breaks all those rules. And, it, yeah. You would never expect a film that beautiful with these people in it to be that horrific. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, but then this really long, dramatic, to the point of being camp, <laughs> fall oh, down the stairs. Yeah. Um, just like entrances and exits downstairs. Um, again, at the end of the film, they fall downstairs and then shatter into pieces, which was like, you were shook. You had your hands over your mouth and you were like, oh. <laughs> even as the credits rolled, you still had your hands on your face. I was like, it's, it's okay. They're all right. It's all right, Emma. <laughs> they made their choice. Deserve the Oscar. <laughs> I, it, it really deserved the Oscar for, for best visual effects. I'm so glad it yeah. won. It ended up being so revolutionary yeah. that Jurassic Park used a lot of the techniques. Yes, yeah, the next year. That's insane Pretty cool, to right? me. That's yeah. so cool. Mm. Another great thing, while well, we're talking about like mirrors and camp things, is the lighting in this film. <laughs> it's really great. I mean, generally, you know, the lighting, you kind of never really pay too much attention to it. But I really noticed in this film they did that thing where, like, lights and marks are very specific so that when an actress hits a mark and turns around and says her bit, there's that, like, light across her face. It's like a telenovela soap opera light. It's like, it's like, like, whatever happened to Baby Jane lighting. Yes! Like, like Joan Crawford special. Yes! Like, just this little whoop just on the face. A little spotlight on the oh, face. Oh, camp. I loved it. And they use it heaps in this yes. film. It's it just so makes good. everyone glow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's such a good point. Yeah. But I mean, you know, apart from that, yeah, the whole camp thing, I totally get it because it's like these two badass bitches yeah. going at it and then becoming friends and then becoming haggard. Like, that is so good. It's like, so funny. That is it's like very clever. That thing, like Judy Garland, you know, yeah. um, Joan Crawford, all of, all, of the, all of the, like, fabulous women that are, like, ruined but fabulous and decrepit and we love them for it. Like, yes. it's like, I mean, they're not in real life, but in the film they Yes. Are. Uh, that's why we love it. Speaking of old-timey people, one of... <laughs> old-timey? <laughs> fucking word of the season. Go on. One of my favourite bits of this film was when Isabella Rossellini's whole witchy-poo thing of yeah. being kind of this... It was. It ended up being this very secretive club that they were a part of. Yes. That they had the ability to <gasps> oh, yeah. live forever. Yeah. One thing to point out, though, which we have discussed, is that they live forever, but it's in their own body. So 
as long as you look after your body, yeah. you're fine. They're not immortal in the sense of like they can never get hurt, clearly, because they're falling down the stairs and breaking. Yeah. That but was they can one, kind of patch themselves back up. That was one point that made me... I was a bit confused. I was like, hold up, so can they still get hurt? Or I learned very quickly, yes, they could still physically get hurt. But that yeah. was a bit confusing to me at first. Anyway, um, one of the coolest bits is there's a party um, that... Damage. They can get damage they can't get hurt because they don't feel the pain. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, anyway, good point. Point Go on. Um, Isabella Rosalind is having a party for all of her... What did she call them? Clients? Friends? Clients. I don't know. Clients. She calls yeah. them clients. That had taken the same potion and are now kind of living forever in their body. And this was the other kind of real camp realness that was happening. Yeah. The little cameos of people dressed up as celebrities popping up. Like there was... Or very, very demurely as well. Yeah. I spotted George Harrison yeah, as right. well. Yeah. I spotted George Harrison, James Dean. Elvis was a big one. Marilyn yeah. was another big one. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison was there. Yeah. Yes. Um, Andy Warhol. I spotted Andy Warhol Andy as well. Warhol. With his little, little ashy blonde hair. Love. But I loved that. I thought that was very, very extra. It's yeah. hilarious. It's just a flex that didn't need to happen, but it did. Yeah. It and hilarious. that funny, like, jibe it, um... Remember to stay hidden. Don't don't think, oh, I just pop up and do a little whoop, whoop. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at you. And it's like Elvis. Yeah. Because all these people, like, yeah. like it's always rumoured that he's just not dead, but popping yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. That's very funny. Pretty fun. Did you like it? Would you see it again? I loved it. Um, It probably would. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd go searching for it and I'd be yeah. like, oh, I've got to watch that again. But like. You know, if it was on, I'd, I wouldn't flick channel. Or if, you know, I saw it. Yeah. One of those ones where, like, you're like, oh, God, what can I watch? You know, I'm just want to sit here. And you flick through Netflix for, like, forever. And then you see one thing and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that again. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I liked it. It's nothing revolutionary that's going to stay with me for the next, you know. Mm. It's not a classic in my real opinion in that sense of I need to watch it again. Like, you know how every kind of two years we go, oh, we haven't seen Wizard of Oz in about two years. Let's sit down and watch it. Yeah. I'm not going to be like that with this film. That's a very particular pedestal to put a film on. Of course it and, is. And, and this film, yeah, is not one. No, no, no. One of the sort. So fun. Well done. You know. Tick. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I had a great time. And like, it was fun going into this. It was so spur. Like, we were just kind of like, oh, oh, ha- oh my God, it's Halloween soon. We should do some like spooky yeah, movies. And then yeah. we're like. Oh, this one, this one. Like, we hadn't really thought about it. Oh, one other thing I've got to say, yeah. which was I loved, which are all the references to Frankenstein. Of course, yes. He's alive. And of course, I, completely coincidentally, we're doing Young Frankenstein this week as well. I had no idea that they were referencing Death Becomes... Like, they were referencing Frankenstein in Death Becomes Her. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. No idea at all. So many references. That's good. It. Yeah. It was good. It was very clever. Yeah. Very so clever. much fun. Well done, um, Bob. Well done, Bobby like, Zemeckis. Wonderful visual special effects and, you know, Meryl and, oh. It was well, it was a well, it was a polished film. It was well done. Yeah. Totally good. Totally worth winning an Oscar or two. Uh, So, no, it won just for visual effects. Just one. And then Meryl was nominated for For the Golden Golden Globe. Globe. Yeah, great. How many Golden Globes has that woman been nominated for? (laughs) She wouldn't even remember. Yeah. But I'm particularly glad I've seen it. Now that I know, because I somehow didn't realise it was a queer camp classic. No. Uh, So, thank God. Done. I'm getting my reference book. Good. <laughs> Dick. Dick. Tick. <laughs> I Tick. thought you literally just went, oh, I'm getting my, we're getting reference book. <laughs> Dick. Dick. <laughs> Did you see my 
Sorry. How could you have lost an entire can of Sprite? Why do I have to carry everything anyway? You get to carry a little eensy beensy baby person. Just where did you see it last? If I knew, I'd know where it was. An entire can of Sprite. Get off it! Has that ever worked, by the way, when you asked me where I last saw something? Yes. When? When you lost your index finger. I didn't lose it. It broke off. That's because you cracked your knuckles all the time. Ah! Help me! My legs aren't working! Help me! <gasps> I would like to dedicate this next film to my dad, Joe Carmus. This is his favourite film of all time. He yeah. talks about it all the time. He quotes it all the time. I don't think I've told you this bit either. Hmm. When I was in high school, so more so when I wasn't kind of seeing him, you know, I was out during the day or, you know, when I've been at work in the yeah. last few years, he, every couple of months, will send me, and I think he's sending my sister the same text too. Yeah. He'll send me a text that just says two words. Frau, Frau Blucher. Blucher. I don't know. Yes! He just sends me a text saying that. That's how much he loves this film. Oh. So this for you, Joe. It's Young Frankenstein. Woo-hoo! No books classic. And where is my grandfather's private library? I don't know what you mean, sir. Well, these books are all very general. Any doctor might have them in his study. This is the only library I know of, Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, we'll see. Good night. Would the doctor care for a brandy before retiring? No. Thank you. Some warm milk? Perhaps? No. Thank you very much. No thanks. Ovaltine. Nothing. Thank you. I'm a little tired. Young Frankenstein was made in 1974. It's directed by Mel Brooks, my boo, and written by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. Based on the book by Mary Shelley. It stars Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Marty Feldman, Peter Boyle and Terry Garr. And it's filmed completely in black and white. Yeah. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> in my notes I've written Gene Brooks. I don't I know who that is. I knew what you meant. Gene Brooks. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, well, I'm good on you for persevering. <laughs> I would have fucking cracked up and re-recorded it. So I read that initially um, Mel Brooks pitched this to Columbia Pitches. Yes. And he said to them, I really want to do it in black and white. And they said no. Yeah. And then went to, took it to Universal and yeah. they're like, I have no issue with this. But then have you also read that then we're going to start shooting the film like, oh, let's record on colour stock and then we'll change it later. And he was like, no, no, because they know then you'll release it in colour and yeah, be like, blah, right. blah, 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 or have the opportunity to do it. And no, I want it on like the thick black and white stock. Yeah. Do you know what? I would not. Mel is one person I wouldn't mess with. No, he's terrifying. He seems so terrifying. Yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with him. He's, he's my kind fa- of like the Hollywood Mafia in my head. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. I wouldn't mess around with Mel. No, absolutely not. He's my favourite cameo from The Little Rascals. And that's the last thing I'll ever say about The Little Rascals. <laughs> so we are breaking the rules here a little bit. We have both seen this film and absolutely love it. But Patrick hadn't seen it in about 14 years, 14, you were saying. Yeah. You've not I've done a lot of things I haven't seen it since I lived at home in Mittagong. Yeah, great. So that's 14 years. And it might have been like a year or two then 
Wow. Okay. So let's go with 15 years since yeah. you've seen it. That's random. It's like half my life, almost. Yeah. But we feel passionately enough that we needed to watch this again. I haven't seen it for a few years. Yeah. And it's... time time is right. Time is right. Yeah. And now we know that they are thematically linked. Death Becomes Her and Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Hilarious. And again, another film that I have on DVD that I bought on DVD and then never watched. It was still in the plastic when I took it out of the shelf to watch it. I'm going to take a photo of your shelves, your DVD collection, and put it on our Instagram just to show these people <laughs> what we're dealing with here. All right, a brief plot summary. So, Gene Wilder plays Dr. Frankenstein. He has inherited his grandfather's spooky castle in Transylvania. He goes there. Yeah. He finds his grandfather's work and realises that his grandfather actually successfully did bring a human being back to life. Yeah. He then attempts to do it with his two assistants, Igor and Inga. And then they do it and people in the town get a bit sus and the monster gets taken away. But then it's all good in the end. The monster comes back home. Did I miss anything? Yeah, quite a few details that are important. The whole subplot of Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. uh, And Inga and the romance, the kind of like love triangle that happens there. So Dr. Frankenstein leaves behind Mm. his fiancée, Elizabeth, who's... I'm surprised you remember her name. Elizabeth, who's played by Madeline Kahn. She is so extra in this film. It's so good. Yeah. Um, And he then... Once he rocks up in Transylvania, he then has a separate thing with Inga, Inga, who's played by Terry Gar, his yeah. assistant. Um, what else did I miss? That was it. I thought I covered that um, pretty well. And then the fact that to kind of calm the monster down, there's the brain swap thing. Oh yeah, the, okay. At the or end, whatever it is. At the end, so yeah. to something happens. It's very funny where the brain that they put inside the monster ends up being what they call an abnormal brain. Yeah. To to give the monster a better life. Victor Frankenstein transfers some of his brain That's right. into the monster's brain. Yeah. As well as abilities to bed women really well. That gets transferred as well. Why are you How looking so? at me really blankly? How so? That's the whole ending of the film. Oh, that Gene Wilder's character that Dr. Frankenstein gets. He gets some of... The monster's... Yes, because the monster has enlarged organs. Organs? Yeah. That's what they say! I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Implication being big yeah. dick. Yeah. yeah, big dick. But he then gives some of that big dick energy yeah. to yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. Big Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Big, 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 big. It's not uh, Victor. It's Franklin? Franklin? It's Victor. No, it's like Franklin. It's Victor. Oh, it's Frederick. Frederick. Yeah. Franklin? What is he, a turtle? Franklin? Oh, God. Okay, anyway. It's a really, really funny film. Too funny. So funny. It's so good. So this good. is also possibly the highest ranked film that we have done so far. In terms of audience scores? Yeah. yeah. It has an 8 on IMDb and a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Well done. I'm actually really, it renews my hope a little bit and I'm really proud of everyone else that they also really love this film. Yeah. I haven't looked at any IMDb user reviews. I'm sure there's some idiots in there, but of it's such a good O. Such a good O. Such a good O. Such a good O. Okay, let's get into it. So this is very much a Mel Brooks film. Oh, but yeah. it also is Gene Wilder's, like, passion project yeah, between so Gene, the two of them. So Gene came to Mel with 
the idea, not the idea. Well, yeah, kind of the idea, but it was like, hey, next time we do a movie together, it should be my idea. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, cool. And it was this one. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I love that it is very, very much Mel Brooks's humour. It's a very specific... Oh, totally. It's a very specific kind of humour, is it? Yeah. It's a little bit of farce and a little bit of slapstick and then a little bit of dirty humour. Yeah, a lot of tongue-in-cheek, a lot of irony. They break down the fourth wall a lot, especially... Yeah, a lot of form-bending stuff. Especially Igor, yeah. who we'll get to. He's my favourite yeah, Especially in this film... film. It does play a lot with genre, and it's almost like a parody of the gothic genre itself. Oh, it is, definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, yeah, but no, Mel Brooks' humour is very... I, like, if you asked me, I'd be like, what, like, yeah, it's just a Mel Brooks film. Yeah. Like, it's just very iconoclastic, the way yeah. he makes films. It's like kind of like a, a Monty Python film. Yes. Like, you can kind of break that down into, like, Dadaism and nihilism and that kind of stuff. But actually, at the end of the day, it's just not... It's Monty Python. Yes. It's just very, you know, idiosyncratic, iconoclastic of its own. Well, you said that long word twice now. Well done. Getting the words in. Had a sing song in one episode. <laughs> Maybe I'll find a boyfriend one day. <laughs> Hi, boys. So, I think something else with this film, like Death Becomes Her, the casting is spot on, Bevan. It is so good. Bevan? Oh, it's just a saying. I've, okay. I've, I've heard. I thought the uh, casting director's name was Bevan. If they are, it's spot on, Bev. It is one of the most well cast films I've ever seen. Yeah. Gene Wilder. Let's talk oh. about him for a moment. Gene Wilder. I think it's our first Gene Wilder film. It is. I think he's really underrated. I know people love him mm. and he is, you know, was, RIP, very well respected and well regarded. Yeah. But I still think he's quite underrated. People don't think of him. Yeah. Well, people um, think of him being this, woo, zany, but it's so nuanced. Yes. And very, very considered. It's very careful. He's very careful. Um, Such a good actor. And, you know, in my heart of hearts, will always be Willy Wonka to me. Sure. Oh, I don't like that's that's how I knew him growing up. Yeah. And then this was the second film I knew him from. And then the producers. Will and Grace. I'm like, oh my god. Yes, and he's so old in that <gasps> as well. And also that live action adaptation of Alice in Wonderland with Whoopi Goldberg as a cat. Who's he? He plays the mock turtle. <gasps> he does. Yeah. And he looks like and he's a like turtle quite old as well. At that point. Yeah. He's very old. And, but he actually and he sings looks that like a song turtle. about turtle soup. Oh. He actually looks like a turtle. And sings that beautiful song. It's like really heartbreaking. Why aren't you acknowledging the fact that I keep saying? Yeah, he looks like a turtle. Yes. Don't you think he's a little he really man. looks Ooh. like a turtle? Yeah. <gasps> I forgot about that bit. He's wonderful. But my favorite character in this film yeah. is Igor for obvious reasons. <laughs> he is one of the best comic relief characters I've seen in a film in such a long time. Oh, it yeah. is so clever. So Igor is played by Marty Feldman. Again, R.I.P. He passed away really young at the age of 48. Yeah. A very dramatic. Tell that story because it's like strange. He passed away on the last day of filming a movie because he had food poisoning from shellfish. Mm. And on that day, they were meant to be filming a death scene. Like his character dying. His character dying. (gasps) And a body double did it because he was really dead. That's so ooky spooky. So ooky spooky. He died of a heart attack? Yeah, yeah, a heart attack from 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 food food poisoning. poisoning. And someone else had the food poisoning? Another actor had the food poisoning. I don't know what yeah. his name yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously didn't have as bad a reaction, but survived. Yeah, God. Anyway, Marty Feldman had Graves' disease and had a botched surgery, I'm guessing for the Graves' disease, mm. which ended up backfiring and it resulted in him having naturally protruding eyeballs out of his head, which for this character is so freaking funny. Yeah. I, I think for a lot of his characters is just oh, so yeah, it's funny. Oh, kind of, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a visual trait you have to embrace. And the the... 
costume for this character is a completely black hood <laughs> underneath which you can tell, you know, he's kind of bald. He looks kind of like the ugly old witch in Snow White. Yes! In my, I, that's, that's the way I can't shake whenever I Just see Just without him. the nose. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. But that same kind of <laughs> like yes. kind of ghoulish. He has with a the hunch. Hood. He has a hunch, and throughout the movie, it changes, changes four sides. times. Changes sides. Which I've read he did himself. Oh, that's funny. And didn't tell the actors, and then they were like, "That's oh, funny. That's Keep good. it in." Actually, we'll write it into the script, like oh, to make a point of it, good. so people don't think it's a mistake. Oh, that's good. He's funny. It's it. He gives a lot of some of the most quotable lines in this film. Yeah. Um, my dad's favorite is is the Abbey Normal, that whole routine. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. When he's going to get the brain that Victor Frankenstein wants. Victor? Frederick. Frederick, Frederick Frankenstein. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Victor? Frankenstein. Who's Vi- Victor? Victor Frankenstein is the Frankenstein from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, that's where you like, I'm going that's hardwired into your brain. Yeah, English. Yeah. Oh, get out of my Victor brain. Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's a scene where Igor has been sent to collect the brain and obviously... Frankenstein wants a very specific, well, wonderful brain put into his monster, um, but he drops it when he gets to the brain depository, yeah. and he ends up turning around and picking up one that has has written on the label, do not use this brain, abnormal, and he gets back. And they put the brain in and realise the monster's yeah. not right. And it, the, that conversation sitting down where he's going, okay, so tell me, what brain did you put in? And it's like, yeah. oh, Abby someone, is Abby who? Oh, Abby normal. It's yeah. so not funny, but when they're doing it, <laughs> yeah. I just I will laugh and laugh. I think it's absolutely so many funny. times you're like, oh, oh, this bit, oh, wait for this, yes. and you're like laughing because I know stuff that I think is funny, but it's only funny when you really point out yes how funny it is. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. I think it's their delivery. You know, it's them and their delivery as yeah. well, more than the actual writing. The jokes are a bit, you know, a bit naff. Yeah, well, I've read the original cut of the film was twice as long. And it was, by everyone agreed, it was an absolute disaster. Right. Like, oh, no. But then they were like, okay, kind of for every one joke that works, there's three that don't, let's cut them out. Yeah, great. And they trimmed it right back. They must have just gone wild Well, filming. you were saying that you had read that they were having such a good time yeah. on set that Mel Brooks was then writing in new scenes just so they could keep filming? Keep hanging out, <gasps> filming. Oh, no worries. Mel, how much money are you adding to the budget? Yeah, don't worry budget? about the schedule. No, don't the schedule. What about the budget? Yeah. <laughs> Again, that just makes me cringe a little bit. That's yeah. that's that's so funny. I find that a little hard to believe that this film ran for so the original edit ran for so long, and a lot would have been cut on the cutting room floor because it is so tight to me. Like everything is so perfectly timed. Yes, and it's so well choreographed. Yeah, and it really does feel like every scene hits the marks that it needs to hit. Yeah, when I really noticed it was that scene with Frau Brucher. I think it's Frau Blucher. Frau Blucher. BL, yeah. Same deal. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I'm getting it in a text every couple months from my dad, oh, so I'm seeing it. <laughs> You're the authority. Up. Frau Blucher. Um, where she's like, anything else before you go to yes. bed? Um, and a they warm have glass whole, of milk? A warm glass of milk, yeah. perhaps. Oval tea. <laughs> Which I've, she improvised that scene. It's so good. So good. But even knowing that, she improvised it. And there's like, the way Gene Wilder comes with, nope. And every time he does that kind of Gene Wilder no thing, yeah. she does this, oh, yeah, and like shuts, shuts her eyes, and but still has this look of like, mm, it's on her so face. well choreographed. Oh, Cloris Leachman, so good. Yes, she was nominated for yeah, Golden Globe, a Golden Globe, which I thought was for quite best funny. actress. 
that's so bizarre to me. In she's a comedy. not in it a lot. I reckon she maybe mm. has like. So she was nominated for the best actress, and Madeline Kahn was nominated for best supporting actress. But Madeline Kahn has more screen time. I was than just about her. to say. I was just about to make that exact yeah. point. Yeah. Oh right. About screen time. I from me. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. But I guess that Madeline Khan's character is kind of supporting. No, it is supporting. Yeah. They're both, I think they're, they're both, both supporting. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Madeline Khan for a sec because I think this is a great example of an actor with a smaller role but makes absolutely... Doing everything you possibly can with it. Yeah, so good. Hits every single line perfectly. Yeah. It's so funny. That train scene where she's like, oh, the, oh, the, the, the lips. No. And even the... um. The bit where she rocks up out of the car. And we watched the bloopers of this straight afterwards because we're watching a few DVD. Yeah. When she rocks up out of the car, she comes to visit um, Victor Frankenstein. Victor Frankenstein, for God's sake. She comes to visit Frankenstein after a little bit. I don't know why she comes. She just pops in. Surprise visit towards the end. Of the oh, yeah, film, yeah, yeah. Just to check up on him. Yeah. And even just the entrance she's making. And Igor is like, oh, all right, you take oh, the yeah. blonde, I'll take this one. That The chemistry between the two yeah. of them. It's so great. She it's just so is making so much out of everything she's been given. It's I'm really cool. And it, <laughs> the train goes away and she's coughing. Yes. And coughs into the, like, the scene transitions going. She's still coughing over yes. top of it. So good. So um, sure. Madeline Kahn. I mean, I could go on forever. She's in my favourite movie. She has yeah. my favourite scene in my favourite movie. It's, like, with me from childhood. I didn't know she had passed away. Yeah. I didn't know that. Ovarian cancer. Very sad. I didn't know. Well, lots of people have died from this movie, actually. We kind of had that conversation. Marty Feldman, Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Peter yeah. Boyle. I think Terry Gar is like one of the only people that are still alive. Yeah, right. God. From the film. It's and you were huge. like, no, not Gene Wilder. I was like, you know, he died in 2016 with everyone else in that year where everyone died. Do you remember when we were driving that year and you told me to pull over? Because you didn't, oh. want, to, you didn't want to tell me that Alan Rickman had died while, while I was driving? While you were driving, driving a car. <laughs> Yeah, because it was so shocking and awful. Oh, that's so oh, sad. What a time. One other scene that I really want to talk about. It's very Mel Brooks, and yeah. it's very um, breaking down those those rules <gasps> that yep. they build up for yep. themselves. Is the putting on the Ritz scene? Yeah, I think it is so funny. It's so good. So um, Frankenstein. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Frankenstein is presenting his monster to the world and it's this big... It's, it's a set in the theatre, really. Yeah. And he does this little um, senses test with him where he's like, okay, now walk forward. And everyone's clapping. It's like, yeah, the monster, woo. Walk backwards. Ah, oh, amazing. And then Frankenstein's like, but this is the ultimate to show you what he can do. And they have top hats and canes. Yeah. And they sing putting on the Ritz. And do a tap routine. And do a full tap routine. And obviously the monster has just come alive again. But um it's so the lines that they're singing, Gene Wilder's kind of doing the I think we'll you'll actually have to put that in this the podcast. Oh, the for line sure. you you do and you don't know where to go to where don't you go where fashion sits on the wrist. I <laughs> Super oh, duper Super duper It's so funny. Again, it's something that when you're saying it, it doesn't sound that funny. Yeah. I gag every time. Totally. Yeah, that's like it's definitely the scene that I remember most from watching it when I was a kid. It's yeah. quite distinctive. It's one of the only bits in it that's quite showy mm. as well. Yeah. And very, very yeah. male. And it makes me think, I thought of this scene in The Shape of Water, where she does that kind of like black and white dance number. Yes! It made me think of this movie. It that's might actually be point. why I kind of brought it up as a, an option. That's a great point. 
Right. Yeah. That's where my brain went. But actually, funny, Mel Brooks thought it was too far and toast too silly and wanted to cut it from the film. But then when he saw it with test audiences and saw them like rolling in the aisles, he was like, oh, oh, oh no, it's great. I'll keep it. Oh, good. I'm so glad they kept it. He was it. like, we've gone too far here. <laughs> and because it's, I'm sorry, else I thought of is yeah. the fact that the music cuts when the, the monster sings his line. Yeah. So it is literally just silent. Yeah, we're waiting for man, him to do it. And a big monster man going, like you can yeah. tell that it's just so And ridiculous. I haven't seen the musical yet. Hopefully later this year in Sydney. Um, I haven't seen the musical adaptation yet. No. But I know that that is going to be like one of the best and funniest parts of the show. Yeah. I'm not a fan of, of movie to musical all the time. Not all the time. But I'll give it a go. I also have a really very strong feeling about how much I love this film, so I don't know yeah, how much I'll... Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll still see it. There are small moments in it, I mean, you know, without going into an in-depth analysis of a musical on a podcast about movies, um, there are small moments in this film that are blown up into big songs. I hate that. Like the rolling and the hay thing. That's a whole song. That's a whole number. It's one line in this film. Um, oh. Really good song. That does get dragged out. It's like a whole soliloquy number for Frau Brooker. Is yeah. He was my boyfriend. Yeah, right. It's actually very good. That's funny. Yeah. And that's a, that's like a big... I mean, you kind of know from her kissing the painting and everything. In another mirror shot, my ad, Yes! What's with our um, mirror shots? That, that's the case. Sure. But that is meant to be like a big, oh, dramatic reveal. Yeah, right. So it's going to work really well on the stage. And like... You know, Mel Brooks adapts to the stage pretty well, given, you know, the producers. Yes, that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll watch it. We'll, we'll take we have to see it. We have to take Joe. Oh, of course. Joe, he we're coming. It. We're going. He mentioned it last year when they launched initially. Yeah. And was like, we're going to go. And look, it's right near Sister Susie's house. We're all going to go. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a big statement here and say that this film features the best cameo of someone that I have seen in a film ever. It's so iconic. Talk to me about that. What is that? Gene Hackman as the blind man. Oh, yeah. So the monster has escaped the villages and wanders upon a priest, a blind priest, yeah. who's played by Gene Hackman in his house. And he's blind, so he can't see him. And he's like, come in, come in, come and sit down. Oh, you must be... And the monster, the monster can't speak. Come and come in. You must be so hungry. Let me... Oh, good one, Patrick. Let me give you some soup. And in classic Mel Brooks, Gene Hackman style, the soup is, you know, poured onto the monster's lap and he can't express himself. And the man is blind, so he can't see. It is so funny and so random. And it goes for a good kind of five or six minutes. It's yeah. a good little scene yeah. that sits on its own. But then um, in classic style, as the monster runs out and leaves... Gene Hackman stands in the doorway and yells, <laughs> Hey, where are you going? I was going to make espresso. <laughs> it's so good. And that line, he ad-libbed. Yes! And they had to cut to black real quick because everyone cracked up, the whole crew and everyone. Like, shit their pants laughing. Oh, right, it was a quick cut. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, that's so funny. That is definitely my favourite cameo in any movie ever. I'm just going to put that out there. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the funny thing about Gene Hackman in this role is that he was like, People take me too seriously. I need to do a comedy. I'll go, you know, chat to my mate, Gene Wilder. And yeah, he was right. like, put me in your film. Put, like, give me a I need to do something really funny. How funny. People are taking me too seriously. I need to shake it up, you know. He would have been very happy then that they kept yeah. that ad-lib line in. Yeah. And imagine he was sitting there seeing yeah. that in the well, theatrical release. After they, he did that take, yes. and it was so funny, they couldn't get the take again without no. everyone like laughing. Yes. So they were like, we'll just have to use that one. Oh, 
That's yeah. so good. Actually, talking about that scene, it's in, because I studied um, Gothic literature as yes. a genre in uh, extension English in year 11. Sure. And so like really went in deep. And one of my core texts that we studied was the early Paramount picture. It was the sequel to Frankenstein mm-hmm. called Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Um, and this scene is a direct parody of a scene from there with the blind Herbert. My eyes are dear. Oh, I, I didn't see. know that. Um, I don't know if that's from another movie making fun of it or actually what he says in the film. I can't remember. Right. My eyes are dim. I cannot see. I think it might even be that. Yeah. That he says that yeah. while he's walking to the door. Yeah. But the whole, the soup and the soup and the wine, wine good. And like the fire and the cigar and everything. Yes. But like, obviously in this film, the wine gets poured in the lap and the, the wine, oh, the, the soup gets poured in the lap and the wine glass gets smashed and, you know, and nothing goes fire. right. No, yeah. nothing goes right. This is so, but in, yeah, in Bride and Frankenstein, He's like, ah, soup, yum. Oh, oh, wine. Oh, he's like, oh, you like that wine? That's good. Yes. So good. And then he lights a match to light the cigar, and Frankenstein's like, the monster's like, he's like, no, 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 fire's good. Look, smoke, good. And the monster smokes. He goes, smoke, good. Fire, bad. And he's like, and there's this whole like, friend, good, friend, and it's really lovely. And then. I don't know, some, some sort of fire incident and he gets spooked and runs. Oh, no, the villagers come and the monster gets spooked and runs away and accidentally burns down the guy's house. Oh, my God. That's tragic. I much yeah. prefer the espresso line over yeah. that. But, um, yeah, no, so like funny. that. Yeah, and there's a lot of references to, I mean, obviously then Madeline Kahn later on literally becoming yes. the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, Bride of the Monster. Yeah. With that, that classic hair with the white streaks up the side. That's such a common misconception, isn't it? That Frankenstein is the name of the monster? Yeah. How did that happen? Shorthand, ma'am. Yeah. People rock Shorthand, up. Shorthand, man. Shorthand, man. <laughs> people, people rock up with green skin and bolts coming out of their neck and everyone goes, oh, you're Frankenstein. Yes. Not true. No, so. Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Gotcha. Who never has a name. No. Monster. Yeah. <laughs> To sum up, if you have not seen this movie, you're an idiot. Go out and watch it. <laughs> Let's remember. It's amazing. It's so it's good. brilliant. No, honestly, it's not even like a conditional. No. Blah, blah, blah. Just if you haven't seen it. You have to see it. It's hard to find, actually. Well, it's not on a streaming service. Couldn't find it on any streaming service. JB like, Hi-Fi will have it. I don't know. Maybe. Oh. So these, these kind of things come in and out of print. This is why I have the DVDs. This is why I yeah. buy them. You gotta be careful. Because otherwise today we would have been rooted. Yeah. We would have done naughty things. We would have been rooted. What up shit creek without a battle. Spot on, Bevan. (laughs) Calm down, Tasmania, running away. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's wake up, Australia, Tasmania's floating away. There you go, yeah. There you go. Grab it with a rope. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cut a coat, perfect fit. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in their mix. So this week we've covered some camp spooky, baby spooky, 
funky yeah. film. Should we give a little reading list if like of other films that are fun and like camp seasonal fun sure. ones? Yeah. Immediately. Hocus Pocus. Fucking hell, we're connected. So good. But we just we couldn't justify doing it on this podcast. We've seen it so many times. We no, love it I so know. much. Hocus Pocus is so good. Like, we couldn't even pretend that, oh, I've never seen it before. Like, what else would you recommend? Ah, uh, oh, some other good ones. Clue? No. It doesn't oh, count. Yeah, yeah, but everyone no, should watch spooky. Clue. It's spooky. And Madeline Kahn, you know, she's on yes, my mind. That's good. That's spooky manner. What else is there? Oh, um, Haunted Mansion, the Eddie Murphy Disney movie. Oh. That is, is it good? Is it worth watching? Um, I think it's worth watching. Yeah. Is it good? I don't know. But it is a little kind of spooky. I don't think it's camp, but it's kind of spooky and crazy. Okay. Yeah. It's fake, fake. It's Disney spooky. Yeah. Have you ever seen the, have, did you see the new uh, Goosebumps movies? I haven't seen any Goosebumps movies. Oh. Did you do Goosebumps as a kid? Is that, no, no of course not, because no. you're not into scary things. No. I used to read Goosebumps books. My mum buy them for me. Right. Oh, wow. So interesting you learning through it. Um, <laughs> they would generally freak me out. And there was a TV show that ad- adapted each book into like an episode. Yeah, right. And my mum was like, I can't be in the room when it's on. It's, it's too scary. Do you know what show scared me as a kid? Round the twist. Because <gasps> it's terrifying. Petrifying. Oh, that Scarecrow one. Oh my God. Round the Scarecrow twist is so scary. The fact that that was on at like 3.30 every day is just mind-boggling to me. It's that classic thing of, like, 90s ABC kids TV. Like, so much of it was fucked. So scary. But we loved it and didn't realise until, like, now. We're like, yeah. oh, that was messed up. Catchy theme song. Terrifying content. No, but, like, so good. Oh, so, so good. good. Right. I used to get genuinely creeped out and spooked out by the, like, you know, the ghosts in the yes. lighthouse playing yes. the music instruments. Yes. Oh, nah. Yeah. Even hearing the music now in my head, that saxophone. It's like you with the X-Files. Not not quite to that extent. That was like skin crawling. This is just like, oh, I feel uncomfy. So next week we are going to get into some real Halloween spooky films. We're going there. We're We're actually going going there. there. I'm scared. We're going to have to watch them in the middle of the day. (laughs) Broad daylight only. And we're doing hereditary. No, we're not. I wish, Don't. but Emma won't go that far I'm yet. I'm not watching yet. it. I'm not watching I it I will ever. convince you to watch it. It's okay. so excellent. Well, you probably will. I'll listen to yeah. everything you say. I'm going to get you in based on the merit of Tony Collette being like Oscar worth, should have been nominated and then possibly won an okay. Oscar for that film. Uh, you're going down the right her route. Performance that will of, get me in. Her performance of grief into hysteria is fucking phenomenal. Okay, cool. All right. It's creepy, oogie boogie, weird. There are parts that are like, ah, and you'll hate. Yeah. But it's worth it. And okay. it's not too scary. You also say that places aren't far to walk and then I'm walking for half an hour. <laughs> through Battery Half an Park. hour is not a far walk. Through Battery Park at night time with scaffolding over my head to go and sit in a carousel full of fish. But we're not doing hereditary this week. It'll happen at some point. God. I'm going to push you. Okay. But next week we're doing, well, actually, I should say, we're going to go and do a little spooky trip down to the Southern Highlands, visit my parents. <laughs> Is it a spooky trip or just well, a road trip? A road trip. <laughs> Too much spooky movies in a remote place while they're not home. So one of our films next week is going to be The Ring. The Ring. And Which the you've other not seen. one I've not seen. The other one, we've kind of, look, honestly, we've got a few options up in the air. And I might just kind of see if maybe my parents want to watch one with us. Let's, yeah, let's let them decide. So we'll, we'll see what the second one is. I'm just keeping the dark a little bit. A little bit of suspense. Whoa. If you 
like hearing from us and you want to look into us more, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram under at Double Bed Double Bill and on Twitter under Double Bed Pod because Patrick is hellbent on Twitter. Second time you've done, I've let you have the reins and you've fucked it up what again. What did I say wrong? It's Double Bill Pod, not Double Bed Pod. No one cares. Twitter doesn't yeah, care about Twitter's us. Twitter's dead. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion is? I can't find it. What were you trying to say? I'll I'll cut it out a bit. I'll add a bit. Cool. I think that's the end of the podcast, P.